Praise God. Man, I'm glad y'all are here this morning. Uh, we're going to have a great service. We're also, don't forget, we're going to have services tonight, uh, 630. And then don't forget, uh, Brother Ivan's book table is right over here. He'll probably make some comments about that here in a minute. But some of you in here may not know uh, Brother Ivan Tate. He's uh, God divinely put he and I together over 25 years ago. Uh, we had the pleasure to go around the world with him in a lot of different places, building everything from Bible schools to orphanages to churches to whatever. And uh, it was just, it was a God deal that God hooked he and I together and, uh, and got this church hooked up with them. They are such a blessing. Uh, Casa Angelina in Guatemala, that is the, uh, he is the president of What Matters Ministries and, and, and uh, runs Casa Angelina down there. We're partnered with them for all these years, helping to build and get that going. And, uh, and so if you had never been uh, uh, in a service with Brother Ivan, well, I'm glad you're here today. Uh, they're, like he said, their they're ministry is whatmattersministries.com. You can go to that and, and look at, at the stuff going on. You can hook up their, their uh, email, their, their letters they send out, things like that, and keep on top of that. But uh, that's what, that, this, is, this is the guy, man, I, I have so much admiration that he's here with us because we were probably the smallest church that he comes to. He could be anywhere in the world today preaching. Uh, large churches is usually where he is at. He's a sought-after man of God. And, uh, but yet God hooked us together and we get him. Amen. Amen. And so brother, Ivan, come on up here. Y'all give him a hand clap. Thank you, pastor. Good morning, everybody. Yeah. Well, you know, it depends on how you measure the size of a church. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I mean, this church is the biggest church actually in influence because you guys have helped us build Kazan Helena by probably my gosh you probably given close to a million dollars or more you know what I'm saying and that's a lot of money you've helped us get a lot of children out of the dumps and out of the sex trade I mean you have done that I mean I'm talking serious deliverances have happened because of Living Waters Church Serious, serious children's lives have been rescued from the hands of monsters. Evil, evil, wicked people that sell their children at the age of four to strangers on the street. Very wicked people who damage their children. And... Everybody just wave a little bit at my wife because she's watching. Just, uh, if you can see him, babe, I hope you can see him. But on behalf of her and myself, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you for everything you guys do and the consistency uh, because, you know, the church has been very loyal and faithful to help us and uh, extend, expand buildings and schools and and uh, medical clinics, and uh, we're now building a big hospital. We're building a vocational school. We're building a hotel. We're building all kinds of different things. And uh, a lot of that comes through your hands. So, you know, maybe uh, small in numbers, but not small in heart. You guys have the, a giant heart. I mean, it's bigger than the heart of an elephant. I mean, it's like huge what you guys have been able to accomplish. And 
I honor God and, and also thank you for that. We're going to look at a couple of quick videos, if you can uh, put those up. Mid-year video, I may have shown this already, I don't remember, but um, let's see. All right. We'll show you a couple more videos tonight, and I know some of you are, are culturally not, uh, normally don't go to church on a Sunday night, but I do want to encourage you to do something strange and unusual today and uh, go to church twice on a Sunday. Wow, that would be like a sign and a wonder for some of you, I know. But wouldn't that be amazing? Who knows, maybe God will do something. But what I'm going to do is pray for you. If you show up, I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to minister to you, preach and minister to you, because we need personal prayer as well as corporate gathering. And so uh, this morning, what I want to talk to you about, if you'll go to 2 Corinthians chapter 5 and verse 17 and ask the Holy Spirit to bless his word this morning and glorify his name. But I want to talk to you this morning about longevity. Look at somebody and say, you need to last. You know what? Not everybody lasts in Christianity. There are some people who don't make it to the end. They walk with God for a while, and then they leave God and no longer walk with God. Sometimes they're in church for years, and then all of a sudden, the roots, the root system gets exposed of their life, and then they're out. And some of those people damage their lives forever because while they're in church, they're not in God. They're just religiously in church. And so what I want to talk to you about is how to last and last and last and last. How to have longevity in your walk with God and in your life as a believer. It is one thing to survive, but it is another thing to thrive. I'm not a survivor. I'm a thriver. I don't want to just survive. I want to actually thrive while I'm surviving. I want to last, and I want my lasting to be full of eternities and divinities. I want my existence to be full of the blessings of the Lord that make rich and add no sorrow to it. I want to have the goodness of the Lord in my life. I want to be followed by the goodness of the Lord all the days of my life. I want to live a fear-free life. I want to live a happy, joyful, influential, effective, relevant existence. I want to live for eternity and not for the temporal things of this world. I want my life to matter in heaven, not just down here on earth. I want to build my future in heaven, not down here on earth. I want to have the wealth in eternity, not the wealth of this world that passes away and rusts because you know that you can't take anything with you except the eternal things that God has put in you. And so if you're here and you are a follower of religion, meaning that your Christianity is more religion-based than it is eternity-based, you go to church because you're a good and moral person, and you go to church because you want to verify that your ticket is still valid. And you have these things in your life. So there is a, a way of living that guarantees lasting. 
Many, many of my friends that were preachers, for example, are no longer serving God. They're no longer even preachers, though they were preachers for 20 and some even for 30 years with churches as large as 6,000 people. But because they had something in their life that they did not deal with in their life secretly, that thing came back up and like a shark devoured them. They lost everything and now they are no longer influential, respected, getting people saved, getting people delivered, helping families, rescuing orphans, taking care of widows, feeding the poor. Because damage came into their life because they didn't know the secrets of longevity. Just getting to the end is one thing, but getting to the end healthy is the thing. Reaching your destination and the purpose of your existence as a man or a woman is the purpose. That is why you're here, is so that you can endure to the end, but endure with victory and with conquering. Praise the Lord. So we begin in 2 Corinthians 5.17. If any man is in Christ, he's a new creature, and old things pass away, and everything becomes new. If you're going to last and serve God till the day you die, and not become a statistic or a victim or a casualty, but you're going to be somebody that's going to thrive in your life and be full of Jesus and full of the blessings of the Lord. The first thing that has to happen is you have to be truly converted. There is a difference between being intellectually saved and being converted by the Holy Spirit. A person that is intellectually saved believes the information of the Bible, but the information of the Bible does not transform their identity. And so when you become converted, when you become a new creature or a new DNA or a new species, the fruit of that event is that old things in your life pass away and everything becomes brand new. If you have not been converted, then you're probably not saved because in order to be saved, you have to become a new creature. It is not just intellectual information that you agree with. To last, you have to be converted because in being converted, you then become one with Jesus and one with God, and then he can flow in to you and out of you. Praise the Lord. So the question you want to ask, have you been converted? The answer to that question is the fruit tells you the truth. The fruit is the only reliable judge. The way you know that is that you are a new creature. The things you used to do, you don't do anymore. The things you used to like, you don't like them anymore. The things you used to follow, you don't follow them anymore because you have become a new creature. That event is called being born again. That event is called being saved. That event has to happen to you in order for you to get on this journey of longevity. You could be in church for 30 years and still not go to heaven. Praise the Lord. And there are many people that that's what will happen to them. So that is a very important thing. Praise the Lord. Second, and this is really, really important, and you can find this in Luke 15, 17 through 21, the story of the prodigal son who left his home and went out and spent all his money on loose living, and then he found himself poor and broke and living and eating with pigs. Praise the Lord. From the pigsty, he looked up to God. He said, God, I've made a mistake. And he comes back home. 
But the story there really is the management of pain. If you're going to last, you have to become an expert at managing the pain that enters your life. Every single one of us that's here has pain that enters our lives. Your pain may not be the same pain as mine, but pain deforms you or makes you like Jesus. Pain is a very powerful force in our life, and it causes us to go to prison or to go to heaven. It causes us to be medicine or to be poison. It makes us a blessing or it makes us a curse. If you're going to last, you have to be really good at managing the pain that other people throw at you, put on you, or bring out of you. You've got to be good at doing that if you're going to last. You have to be able to say, God, my heart just got broken, and I need to go to the cross right now and get a new heart because this one just got broken. And you've got to know how to do that. When someone does something that damages you in the inside, you need to know how to go to Jesus, throw yourself at the feet of Jesus, and say, God, I've just been damaged. I'm twisted on the inside right now because of the pain that I'm feeling towards my son or towards my daughter or towards my husband or towards my mother or towards my sister because these particular events have happened and they have really wounded me and really hurt me. If you think you can live life without pain, then you just, you're living in some kind of other planet other than earth because there is pain and there's lots of pain and pain that is not well managed becomes a very damaging thing in our life. We need to be careful not to carry pain farther than God wants us to carry it. We need to be able to let go of pain as soon as it enters our life. And some of us are not very good at that. You can't last while you're hurting. You can't last very long if every day of your life you are hurting. That is not the will of God. That is not the plan of God. That is not the calling of God for you to stay wounded and hurt and brokenhearted for years and for months. Do not build an altar to your pain. Do not build a shrine to those that brought you the pain. Which brings us to point number three, Ephesians 4.32. Be kind one to another, tenderhearted, forgiving one another, even as God, for Christ's sake, has forgiven you. Listen, if you don't become a good forgiver, you're not going to last as a Christian. You need to be able to forgive anybody that does something to you that you have to forgive them for. And Jesus said it the best way. How, how many times do I have to forgive? Peter said to Jesus, 70 times 7. But if you do the math on it, basically it amounts to every two minutes you have to forgive. So being a forgiver then becomes a habit and an addiction and a lifestyle to a person that is going to thrive in Christianity and last. If you're going to last, you're going to have to forgive almost everybody all the time. You got to forgive all the politicians. You got to forgive all the Christians. You got to forgive all the preachers. You got to forgive all the crazy Christians. You got to forgive all the insane people. You got to forgive everybody in your family that's lost their mind. You got to forgive yourself. You got to forgive God. You got to forgive your past. You got to forgive your present. You got to forgive God for making you the way He made you so that you have a nose like that, ears like that, toes like I mean, you got to forgive. Basically, all day, every day, if you're going to keep going and last. Because unforgiveness literally makes you a prisoner of your past. 
And unforgiveness makes you a slave of the people that you are refusing to forgive. Unforgiveness also releases in the human body, chemically, physically, on a biological level, acids that create diseases and sicknesses of the body. A bitter man, a bitter woman, a hateful man, a hateful woman will become sick from the inside out. Their insides will begin to be devoured by the lack of harmony inside of their heart, the levels of anxiety that they carry around, the stress levels and the pressure on their physical muscles, body, mind, the dreams that result from that, the lack of peace and the amount of torment, the amount of torture that a person lives through who walks in unforgiveness towards someone. You will not last if you don't know how to forgive really well. Throw yourself at Jesus' feet and say, I forgive everybody no matter what they did, and I refuse to take revenge on those that you, God, are supposed to take revenge upon. With the exception of somebody breaking into your house, shoot them, praise God. But that's a different thing. We're talking about a whole different thing there. You can shoot people without hating the people. Are we all on the same page on that? Sure, you want to try to talk them out of it, but sometimes there's no chance. They're breaking in with weapons and things and arms and legs and things. <laughs> boom, boom. But anyway, uh, maybe I shouldn't say that online, but it's not the first time I've said it. <laughs> so anyway, but I want you to think of that, that you are not going to do well if you're not a really good forgiver. If you hold grudges, you're not going to last. If you think of a person and it makes you angry inside and your fists go like this and your teeth start grinding and all you can think of is if I had them right here right now, I would just smash their face in with anything I had. If that is you, then you're in a very dangerous place. Amen. That's not going to help you last. You're going to not want to go to church if you're full of that. You're going to want to just stay home. And then that bitterness is going to start leaking out of you onto your wife or husband or children until the whole family is infected with your disease. Amen. Praise the Lord. Very in Proverbs 18, 21, the power of life and death is in the tongue. If you're going to last, listen to my words. If you're going to last, don't talk bad about people. You're not going to last very long if you're a person that talks bad about people. Once you get a reputation as a gossip or a slanderer or an accuser, no one will want to be your friend. They will say that is a gossiping witch. In other words, it rhymes. That is a gossiping, slandering man. And people will avoid you like the plague. They will not want to be your friend. They will not want to spend time with you. They will not want to have a relationship with you because they know that nothing you say is sacred and private. Remember that God has a forgiveness and forgetting graveyard. It is where God takes your sins that you repent of and buries your skeletons there. And listen, the worst thing you can do is after 10, 20, or 30, or 40 years 
of someone who repented 30 or 40 years ago for something that God took that thing, buried it, and then made himself forget that they did it. You go to the graveyard, dig up that skeleton, and bring it out and start telling everybody about it. What will this do? It will bring a curse into your life. You will actually be a cursed person. We get blessed when we bless those that persecute us. We don't get blessed when we persecute those that persecute us. So if you've been talking bad about people at the house, you need to repent and say, God, I am not going to be a gossip, an accuser, or a slander, and I'm not going to repeat negative information about people that is none of my business. I'm just saying, if you want to last and thrive, praise the Lord. Tell two people, wow, I felt like he was talking about you right there. Praise the Lord. I don't Matthew 3, verse 10, all, all the way down to verse 19, bring forth fruit that aligns with your repentance. This is a very important thing if you're going to last in Christianity, and if you're going to thrive in your life, and if your life is going to be rich with God and rich with the blessings of God, one of the things you have to learn to do is repent. You have to not get mad at preachers that preach to you about repenting. You can't hate preachers that tell you you're a sinner and you need to repent, especially if it's true. And if it's not true, then why get upset? The reason we get angry at preachers that make us feel bad about what we're doing is because we're protecting a lie. We are protecting something in our lives that only can curse us and cannot bless us. A man or a woman who understands this does not mind repenting. A godly man and a godly woman, they will repent as soon as they do something wrong. Because they know that repenting is how you save your future. Amen. Repenting is how you protect your children from your sicknesses. Repenting is how you remove judgment off your home and judgment off your money and judgment off your relationships and judgment off your children and judgment off your grandchildren. You simply say, that is wrong and I repent. I should not have said that. I should not have done that. I should not have thought that. I need to repent because you see, proud people don't repent. They justify or they blame others for what they're doing. Don't be so stubborn and so hard-headed that you spend your whole life defending your image which you have created that is not even the real you. It's a lot of work. Praise the Lord. Proverbs 12.1, only a foolish man refuses to be corrected. Brothers and sisters and members of the jury, if you're going to last in Christianity, you have got to love correction. You have got to not treat correction like it's rejection. You have got to learn how to be corrected by God personally between you and God and through donkeys, through mules, through goats, through serpents, and through enemies. Because remember that sometimes God brings your answer and hides your answer behind your enemies. 
And he will wait till you're humble enough to receive the truth from an enemy who hates you. And he will say, listen, I don't want you to be the kind of man or woman that has to have someone correct you who is so far above you that you know, wow, they're so amazing. Oh, they said, oh, yes, okay, I'll do it. No, no, he wants you to receive it from a donkey, a person you don't respect a person that is a hypocrite, a person that is a liar, a person that is doing what you're doing but 10 times more, and so on and so forth. This will make you last. Praise the Lord. James 4, 7. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. If you're going to last and be here 10 years from now, 20 years from now, 30 years from now, 40 years from now, 50 years from now, you're going to have to learn how to resist the devil when the devil is knocking on your door. Amen. Praise the Lord. Now, I don't know about you, but I, this is my 50th year of doing this. And I have had to resist the devil thousands of times in many different areas for many different things. But you don't last if you don't know how to resist. You've got to learn how to fight your own demons. And you've got to know what your demons are. My father had particular demons, which he passed on to me. My grandfather, my grandmother, my great-grandmother. And those demons come in the form of impulses, urges desires, imaginations, attitudes, behavior. That's how they come. And if you're going to last, you've got to spot what those things are. You've got to say, listen, I have, I have a tendency to not forgive people and just cut them off and never talk to them again. You have a divorce spirit in your family, and it makes you a person that as soon as somebody says something, you just cut them off and never talk to them again. That's a divorce spirit that's been in your family for hundreds of years, and you can see it because so many people in your family have gotten divorces. This is the same with alcoholism. You know that there's a lot of people that can drink what they call social drinking, one beer a week, one beer a day a glass of wine every two weeks, but maybe you're not that person. Maybe you're the kind of person that smells liquor and you get drunk. As soon as it touches your lips, you're already starting to, to get intoxicated because there's a chemistry to your body and not everybody's chemistry is the same. Some people are very affected by alcohol and it changes who they are and how they act very quickly. Well, you've got to identify what it is you have to resist. You've got to say, listen, I'm sorry, man, but I can't drink liquor because I was a drunk for 30 years. I can't do it. You're identifying. You've got to know that. If you don't become a resistor that says, no, I'm not doing that. I'm not saying that. I'm not going to participate in that. 
I'm not going there. You've got to learn how to separate yourself from those demonic, satanic assignments and demon spirits that come to you to get you twisted up on the inside and to make you angry and to make you want to hurt somebody or do something. You've got to say, that is an iniquity that has been passed down in my DNA, and I now have to resist the devil. But my Bible says if I resist the devil, that he will flee. And Romans 16, 20 says, shortly, shortly, I will crush Satan under your feet. Praise God. Look at somebody and say, that's what I'm talking about. Resist the devil when you get angry. Realize that, listen, I got a curse on me of anger. I get offended very easily. That's a curse. That's not a blessing. You've got to say, man, I get offended at preachers when they tell me the truth in too strong of a way. And I say, I don't like that preacher. He's too direct. I would rather have some mamsy-pamsy, milk-toast, slow way of telling me something. Let me try to figure out what he said. But don't just tell me you're wrong because you have an iniquity of pride, ego, vanity, and unteachableness. Your whole life they've been beating you with the truth. Now you can't even receive it from godly people. And that is a problem if you're going to last. If you're even going to make heaven. Some of you might not make heaven because you won't surrender your heart to God. You are going to go to hell. You're going to burn in the fires of hell for rejecting Jesus because it's been in your family. That antichrist spirit has been in your family for generations and you don't have enough intelligence to spot it and say, I've got a resist Jesus iniquity in me and I am going to resist it and throw myself at the feet of Jesus. Say, God, have mercy on my soul because there's some urge in me, an impulse that wants to reject you. Praise the Lord. 1 John 4, 18, perfect love casts out fear. 1 Corinthians 13, without love you're nothing. 2 Timothy 1, 5, make love your aim. You see, to last and endure, you have to know how to love people that you don't like. You have to know how to give money to people that are trying to steal from you. You have to learn how to pray for people who are gossiping about you. You have to learn how to send blessings to the people that hate you. This is called biblical, genuine, authentic Christianity. And it is the only kind that works. No religious concept of Christianity works. It all fails you because the Holy Spirit is not in it, nor will he ever come near religion. It is only the genuine Christianity that works. And this is why I'm talking to you. If you don't love people you don't like, and if you don't learn how to love unconditionally, and here is the word, brothers and sisters, Christianity is about unconditional loving. That's what it's about. Christianity is about, not about bias, partiality, and preferring some kind of group above another group and some kind of person above another person. No, genuine Christianity, the fruit of being close to God is unbiased, 
unconditional love for mankind and for people. This will make you last. You will endure and be here 30 years from now. If you love people unconditionally, you will be here when you die. The angels will be next to your bed and your family will all be there who you loved unconditionally and without bias. The lost ones, the saved ones, the good ones, the bad. They'll all be at your funeral and they'll all be crying because they'll say, we never had, never have we known anybody like this woman who loved us the way she loved us. Though we hated God, rebelled against God, resisted God, took advantage of her, treated her badly, used her up, took her money, and they, they will be there repenting at your grave because you have learned that in order to last, you've got to love the unlovely people that enter your life. Can we take a praise break? Well, that's pathetic. Can we take a praise break? Oh, that's terrible. Come on, are you guys saved at all? Come on, praise God a little bit. Lift up your voice and don't act like lost people. Act like you got Jesus in there and act like he did something for you. Because look, when you go to heaven, there ain't going to be none of this mamsy-pamsy stuff. In heaven, there are riots going on. People, I mean, their legs are growing out. The blind eyes are seeing. The deaf ears are hearing. These are loud people. And if you just take the group of people who made it to heaven in the last few seconds before they died and they knew they should have gone to hell and they end up in heaven, those people are going to do, make a lot of noise in heaven. There's not going to be any of this. You're not going to heaven. That's not how you treat God. You don't, you don't know what you're doing. If your team wins the Super Bowl, you don't do that. You lift your hands, you scream, you jump around in the house, especially if it's your son that scored the winning touchdown or your grandson. I mean, you're out of your mind with stuff, wonders that happen. Well, it's not my personality. Well, overcome your personality because that's not a gift from God to be all bound up. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Look to seven people around you and say, give me money right now. Please, just give me money. I, I want to I really have some, some money. And I want to encourage you, not just because I'm preaching, but honestly, try to come to church tonight where I'll give you part two. Try to come to church tonight so that I can pray for you. Let me minister to you. That's what Christians do for each other. Let me pray for your family. All of you. I'll pray for everybody, every single person. Let me pray for you. I won't push you. I won't shove you. I won't expose your sins. I won't embarrass you in any way. Because at the end of the day, Christianity only works with compassion. This is the secret of lasting. If you are a compassionate person, uh, someone who feels other people's pain, you will last. Praise the Lord. 2 Timothy 2.15, study to show yourself approved. A workman that needs not to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. What does this mean? What it means is you have to marry your Bible. 
If you're going to last in Christianity, you need food. Well, the food of your inner man is the Bible. You are the product of what you eat. So if you're not eating the Bible, then you have no fruit that lines up with Jesus. There's no Christian fruit where there's no food because you're in starvation mode and you're actually starving your inner man to death. If you're going to last, you have to be full of, your, of the Bible. According to Psalm 1, 1 verses 2 and 3, his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law, he meditates day and night. He shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water that bringeth forth his fruit in his season. Yes, Lord. Joshua 1.8, let not the book of the law depart out of your mouth, but meditate therein day and night. Not once on Sunday, day and night. Be careful to do everything that is written therein, and then you shall find success and prosperity. You're not going to make it if you don't have success. You're not going to make it if you don't have prosperity. What allows Pastor Robert to be able to go through all the things he goes through in his life and Miss Laura? Success and prosperity. They've given, what, a million dollars, maybe over that, to orphans and widows and the poor from Utopia, Texas, from Living Waters Church, from the water hole. I go to churches with 5,000 people, and they may give me $700. Sometimes I give the checks back because it's a dishonor to what happened. I preached in a church in England, well over 1,000 people. They had BMWs in the front. They had, I, I even saw some Mercedes-Benz out there. Sunday through Wednesday, hundreds of people got saved. At the end of those meetings, they gave me $100. And they took up offerings every day. I gave it back to them. I said, you need this more than I do. Praise the Lord. Look at two people around you and say, can you spare 100 <laughs> Which brings me to my next point. Luke 6.38. Press down and shaken together, and running over to, shall men give unto you. Praise God. What did Jesus say? It is more blessed to give than to receive. What does this mean? If you're going to last, you've got to become extremely generous with possessions and material things. If you're going to last as a Christian, you need to know the pleasure of meeting someone's miracle need. There is a pleasure that cannot be explained to a person until you actually meet a need that is a miracle for another person. How many miracles do you think Living Waters has made happen by simply writing checks? Those miracles, which were just a hope, turned into a reality because all these people gave money for a particular thing and made it happen. I have a whole orphanage based on those miracles. I have Africa, a whole piece of property we just bought. This church bought that property. Do you understand what I just said? You didn't get what I just said. 
No, I said, the church just bought this property. This church gave us the money to buy that piece of property where we're building a feeding center. Listen to my words. Probably, probably, Kimberly, probably the biggest feeding center in Africa. Where we are going to feed, listen to me, we're going to feed 1,000 children a day from the streets. Every day. 365 days. A dollar a meal. Which means someone has to give us $365,000 every year to feed these children because I have decided with my family to step out on the water and do crazy stuff. Oh, and then we're going to duplicate it in Guatemala. So I'm up to 700 and something thousand dollars. Do you understand? Not one penny of which I touch because I don't want to go to hell. I don't ever touch the money of our ministry. I never have. I don't touch it. I don't do checks. I don't do nothing. I have nothing to do with it. I, I removed myself from that at the beginning, and so did my wife, because I don't want to go to hell. So if you ask me, don't ask me. you got to ask the CFO, one of the most honest people on earth, Bethany Fraser. Praise the Lord. Look at seven people around you and say, I'll take $50. Generosity reveals who your master is. If you're not generous, you don't have a relationship that's close with God. I know Robert's going to heaven and, and Miss Laura's going to heaven and many people here because their hearts are moved towards children. Robert watches one of our videos and he starts crying like a little baby. And he says, give him everything. Send everything we got. Just give him everything. This tough man. Because generosity makes you soft. And greed makes you hard. Support your parents, even if you don't like them. You'll heal yourself. Buy their house. Pay off their cars. Make sure they don't have to work when they're old. Take care of all their needs and bless them. But bless them while you're still young. Tithe to your parents. Tithe to the church first, but tithe to your parents. I wish everybody would understand this principle and how it could save their lives. Generosity, giving to the poor, taking care of orphans, taking care of widows, that will make you last. That will give you longevity. Praise the Lord. Play my music. I'll give you part two tonight. It's up to you. I mean, you can stay home like you always do, and I know it's hard because you're thinking, oh, I love my, my Sunday afternoons. It's taken me my whole life to create these, and they're so much fun to stay home and sit and watch TV and football games and eat and relax and prepare for your week. But maybe you could do something crazy tonight and say, you know what? Maybe I need a little bit more of Jesus. Maybe I can come on Sunday for an hour and a half 
and have prayer over my life. Maybe prayer does work if the right people are praying. And these are the right people. Miracles come out of Living Waters Church, everyone. And I'm not flattering. I am speaking facts. Miracles come out of this church. And Pastor Robert says, yeah, he could be anywhere and do whatever. Yeah. But honestly, my favorite place is Living Waters Church. Because I am persuaded that this church loves me and my wife and my children and the things God has called us to do. There's no, no more proof necessary. We're beyond that. This is now a family to my family. So for me to be here every time I can, I am. It blesses me. I wouldn't even care if I got an offering. But it's those sweet things that make you last. And I left the best for the last for tonight. Learn these things, everyone. Don't just survive. Thrive. Don't be poor your whole life. Don't have a poor soul. Don't have a poor mind. Don't have poor relationships. Don't have a poor family. Don't have debt and lack when you absolutely don't have to. Praise the Lord. Say this out loud. I'm going to last. Say it to everybody around you. I am going to last. Living Waters Church will last. It will not die. It will last till Jesus comes back. And it will get bigger and bigger and stronger and stronger and more and more powerful. Praise God. So will your family. Quality matters with God. Quantity is not first with God. Quality. There are many big churches that don't have God in it. They are full of dead men's bones. And they are full of iniquity and sin and worldliness and ungodliness and all forms of immorality. But we, without being proud or considering ourselves better than someone else, come humbly to God and say, except for the grace of God, there go I. Can we all say that? Except for the grace of God, there go Close your eyes for a moment. Remember that the Holy Spirit's job is to know you and then to minister to your needs. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. His job is to bless you by changing you and preparing you for the difficulties of your life. That's the job of the Holy Spirit. The job of the Holy Spirit is to find out what is wrong. Keep playing that, would you? To find out what is wrong, just keep it on a loop. To find out what is wrong and then fix it. To find out where the leaks are and then plug those leaks. Find out where things are cracking and getting old 
We will all die. We will all die. How much has religion formed your relationship with God? Why can't you tell God I love you? Why can't you lift your hands in surrender? Why can't you say I love Jesus? Why can't you be expressive? Why are there barriers that you feel between you and God? What chains have been put on you by religion? Because we are religion breakers and relationship creators. You matter to God. If you died today, and some of you will be dead in a year or two, you don't know when death comes knocking. No young person expects it. Yet thousands of young people die every day. If you died today, are you able to say in honesty, I am 100% sure that if I died today, I would go to heaven. Or can you be honest enough to say, I don't know. I am not 100% sure that I would go to heaven. I want to go to heaven. Are you the kind of person that can be honest with yourself and tell yourself the truth? I'm going to ask you to do something simple right where you are sitting. If you want to go to heaven when you die, and if you want God to put in your heart that peace that abides inside you that tells you, I will go to heaven when I die, and that power inside you that leads you into a close and intimate relationship with God, if you're sitting there and you say, I want that peace, I want to have that in my life, I want to know that I know that I know, I'm going to ask you as you're sitting there with your eyes closed in privacy to do something. If you want God to give you that peace and you want to know that you know, I'm going to ask you right now to lift your hand high enough for me to see right now and then I'm going to pray for you and God is going to give you that miracle. Oh my gosh. Look at the hands going up right now, God. Everywhere, hands are going up. Keep them up so God can see them. Keep them up so the angels can see them. And keep them up so everybody in this world can see them. Jesus said, if you're not ashamed of me in front of people, then I won't be ashamed of you in front of my Father. But if you are ashamed of me, then I will be ashamed of you. Everyone who is lifting their hand, I want you to stand right where you're at so I can pray for you right there. Stand to your feet quickly and let God see you do it. Let everybody see you do it. Let everybody see you do it. Everybody. Now, would you look at me for a second? May I have your permission to pray for you, you guys? May I have your permission? May I have your permission to lead you in a prayer? And do I have your permission to lead you in a prayer? 
I will not embarrass you. Give me the honor of looking into your eyes when I lead you in this prayer. I will not make you say anything to anybody, but it would be a big blessing to me as I don't want you to be a stranger to me. I want to look into your eyes when I lead you in this prayer. Would you simply leave your seats for a minute and walk up here? And then I'll let you sit down. Let me pray for you. Please give them a hand as they come up here. Come on, leave your seat. And would you clap like your mother's coming up here? Yeah, just move all the way up here if you would, guys, just so I can kind of get a good, good look at everybody. Let me mention a couple of things that are very important. Whether you are a Christian and getting rid of your doubts or whether you have never crossed this bridge, being in front of people matters to God. To acknowledge God matters in front of everyone. He died publicly. He hung on a tree naked for you publicly in front of the whole world. He did not die in a secret cave for you or behind a bush. He died publicly, fully exposed, completely forsaken, and totally judged. He took the penalties for the sins you have committed in your life. The consequences of your sinful life fell on Jesus so they would not fall on you. He said, let me take your sickness and let me give you my healing. Let me take your pain and let me give you my comfort. Let me take your darkness and give you my light. Let me take your death and give you my life. Let me take your rejection and give you my acceptance. Let me take your loneliness and give you my satisfaction. Every bad thing Jesus took so you could experience every good thing that he lived for. 33 and a half years without sin. No sin. So he paid that price so that you guys could say nothing of me, all of him. I cannot save myself. There's nothing I could do to save myself. I have to have a savior that is sinless and perfect, and that is not me. His perfect life created a perfect death that manifested a perfect cure. And now you get to benefit from that. So here's what the Lord will do. One. He will forgive you right now. He's going to forgive you. But for some of you, forgiveness is not going to be enough. Because you know how you can tell somebody something and say, would you forgive me for what I did? And they'll say, yeah. But you know they're never going to forget it. Never. They'll go to their grave and still remember that. And if they're shallow people, they'll bring it up anytime they get mad at you because they don't understand the beauty of divine forgiveness. So what God will do is he will forgive you. 
but then he will erase the memory of what you did from his own mind so that he can't remember you did that. So when you talk to God or look at him, you're not looking at God as that person that did that. You're looking as a person that God has no recollection of your past life. He didn't know you did that in the dark. You did that to that person. It's not in his mind. He erased it forever. That is called divine forgiveness. Very few humans can do that. But today, that's what he's going to give you. Praise the Lord. Is there anyone else that did not come forward? You said, wow, I wish I had the courage to come up. Don't let your pride steal your blessing. Don't let your shyness steal your blessing. If you know you need to be up here, just close your eyes and stand up and walk forward and let God give you his mercy. What is the value of a soul? What is the value of someone's soul? How much is it worth? And is one soul more valuable to God than another? Is a color of a person's skin more valuable than another color? Is the place they were born change their value? Whether they were born rich or poor? No. All souls are equal, as all humans are equal. So are you ready? Are you all ready to pray? Would you guys help me by stretching your hands out as a blessing? And would you stretch your hands out to a particular person? Pick someone and say, I'm sending my blessing to that person. And those of you that came up, I think there was four or five extra people that came up. Thank you for that. Kimberly, would you stretch your hands out as well? And everyone, let's pray out loud together. Everyone. Dear God in heaven, I repent. I turn my back on the devil and on his plan for my life. Forgive me for the bad things that I've done that have hurt people. And I forgive those that have damaged me. I forgive the things they did and the things they've said and the things they will do and will say. I forgive as I am being forgiven. I ask you now, Jesus, to wash me in your holy blood, cleanse me and purify me and wash away my stains. Come and live in my heart, Holy Spirit. Never ever leave me Never, ever leave me. I want to love you, Jesus, and I want to know you. And I want you to be my closest friend. I will not forsake church, for it is my garden of growing. Say it out loud. I will not forsake my godly family. Now, 
I forgive myself. I will not hate myself, loathe myself, or hurt myself from this day forward. Would you write my name in the Lamb's Book of Life? I cast my doubts aside. I'm going to heaven. I'm going to heaven. I'm going to heaven. Hallelujah. I'm going to heaven. I'm going to heaven. The devil is a liar. The devil is defeated. He is not my friend. Praise God. Now, ladies and gentlemen, for one moment, would you turn around and face the church? Don't sit down. Ladies and gentlemen, can I present to you the men and women who have had their doubts removed and some have entered eternity for the first time in their lives. Would you give them a hand of celebration? Would you bless them? Because it is truly in heaven, the Bible says, when one sinner turns to God, all the angels in heaven begin to dance and sing and praise God. There is nothing more sacred than this moment that you are beholding right now. Now turn this way and let me pronounce a blessing on you. Crossing the bridge is one thing. But then being given power to maintain the journey. This is why we need church. We live in a time where church has been minimized. Be here tonight because it's one of the points on lasting. I bless you by doing this. I break every curse that you have inherited from your family. I break every lie you have ever believed. I break the damage that people put in your life by abusing you and hurting you as children, by taking advantage of you when you were weak and could not defend yourself, and from the people that have damaged you who knew they were hurting you and chose to do it anyway that you're able to let go. Say this out loud. I am not alone anymore. God is in my heart. The Holy Spirit will be with me wherever I go. I have a family. Praise the Lord. If it's at all possible, be here because I have so much more I must give you to help you on this journey so that you can last and not become a victim of false Christianity. God bless all of you. Thank you for walking up here. Merry Christmas and Happy New Year. Praise the Lord. You may be seated. Give him a hand, everybody. Praise the Lord. It's not bad. It's 1213, so I'm doing pretty good. I'm doing pretty good. I'm going to hand it over to Pastor Robert. We'll be here tonight at 630. Ask the Lord if you should come to church tonight. I know it's a ridiculous thing to say, but it's the time we live in. God bless you. See you later.
couple of things you want to do right quick. Uh, since y'all are going to be back here tonight, you might not have come prepared to, to, with an offering, but uh, I wanted the ushers to help me right quick, and I want to give you an opportunity to take up an offering. Now, Brother Ivan's book table's over here, and I guarantee there's books that'll change your life. You need to visit that here in just a second. But uh, we want to bless him as just the man of God that he is and give an offering. So if you're making an offering, general offering to him, just make it out to Living Waters Church. We'll give him a check after we take it up again tonight. But a couple of things while you're doing that, and I, I want to uh, tell you about. I talked to Bethany this morning in Guatemala, and uh, I got to get the. I, can't, I don't have all the pictures right now, and I couldn't do it. But there's a video of uh, uh, pictures that they had of the graduates that are going to be graduating this year. And there's this little girl, her name's Kimberly, and, and a lot of y'all have been down there before and met Kimberly. And she's this little bitty girl when she first came. I mean, little bitty girl. But she was just like, you just fell in love with her. You just fell in love with her. Well, she's graduating now. And I saw the picture and I was just like, oh my God, Kimberly's graduating. And so they're doing a special deal with them and they're going to... Uh, be going out and taking all these kids out, spending the night, doing some different things with them like that. And so there was an expense that's come up about $5,000 of expense for these graduates to go and to really get a first class deluxe thing. And so I told Bethany this morning, I said, I will do it. We'll take care of it. Don't worry. We'll be sending a check home with Ivan. So if you want to do something in your check that's directly towards that given to the graduation, well, then just write it on your memo there, put it on there so we know what's going on there. But then the other thing is, I'll tell you, is that uh, the, I think they're calling it the creative house. Isn't that where the college girls are going, the creative house? You know, we've sent money down there and they finished the whole first floor with all their bedrooms and all of that. And now we're starting on the second floor of that. And so uh, I told them this morning that we would be helping them to get all of that finished. We'll be sending some money down there to get that going. Uh, it's going to be a pretty another pretty big deal. It's about 150,000 to finish that whole top structure because that's where the kitchens are and everything like that. And so you have to put all the all the appliances and all that in. So we're going to be doing that over the next period of time. But uh, also they're going to uh, Africa, right? They're coming back. Going to be going to Africa, looking over the new property, looking at how that is, then and getting a plan to set up where what we need to do and building all that. So. That's probably going to come about probably more towards the end of the year, first of next year, that we're going to have that all lined out and be doing that. So um, what an exciting thing, Brother Ivan. You know what? I didn't know that would be one of the largest feeding centers in Africa. Praise God. Wow, what a big deal. Big deal. So anyway, I know that the bucket's already been passed. You're already giving your offering while I'm talking about all this, but let's pray over it anyway. Father, I just thank you for blessings. I thank you for what you've done with this church and these people. I declare, Lord God, that the offerings, the tithes, the, everything that you bless us with and that we, we give, Lord, as a church that just continues to multiply, multiply. So thank you, multiplying hands, multiplying businesses. Lord, I believe you right now for just crazy miracles coming into people's lives and being able to, to, to do this, that we can accomplish all this for you. Lord, because I, I, Lord, I love you and I love these kids and I can't stand to see them and uh, in, in, in know that that's going on. And Lord, we just want to rescue more and more and win more and more. And Lord, I thank you for it. So bless them. Let crazy, ridiculous, more ridiculous things happened already, Lord, in our lives go on in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. So y'all are a big part of that. Amen. So give yourself a hand clap. Look at the person beside you and say, way to go. I'll see you tonight.
as you stand up, come on, stand up, look around, look at them one more time, said, I see you tonight. So, Lord, I just declare, bless them. Lord, bless them as we go out of here. Bless their lunch. Bless everything their hands go to. Let it prosper, Lord. And we're going to be joined together again tonight in Jesus' mighty name. Amen and amen. God bless you, church.